Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a Monday edition of Flyers Daily. We hope everybody had a great holiday and our guest as well. You hear you read his work rather on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, did you have a good holiday? Uh, I did. Thank you. How about you? It was good. It's um, chaotic with kids, but um, you know sure. it is a lot more fun with kids too. Uh, but it's it's it was a good holiday and uh, good to be with family and friends and, and everything that goes with it. Uh, Flyers going to get back to work coming up on Thursday, Bill. It'll be a late night game. And first, I'm going to hit you with this because I mentioned this to John Tortorella. If I was commissioner of the NHL, no 10:30 games for East Coast teams. If you want to go 10, okay. The extra half hour, not necessary. Yeah, no, the, the, that extra half hour um, it can make a big difference here. Sometimes you have the national broadcast like 7:30 Eastern time, even, and you feel that, you know. Yeah. And the, uh, when it, when it's 10 versus 10:30, you get to bed so late. It's uh, yeah, it's big for a very long night. I wonder what te- which teams have it better. Are the teams coming west to east who p- tend to play earlier in their day? Is that a better situation, or is it better to go from east to west and play oftentimes very late in your day? I mean, those are like beer league times. Yeah, they they are. Um, I, I think that I think that after really after the first game, it starts to even to even out unless you're playing a back to back. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you you adjust to the time zone in, in a day or two, so that I I think it becomes a neutral factor. I personally, I'd rather I'd rather play earlier than later, but you know, yeah, I would too. But but then again, that early game in Toronto last week, it looked like in that first period, both teams hit the snooze button a couple times on the old alarm, and they just you know you're to buy you, the rhythm of your game day is a little different when you got to play at two o'clock. I mean, usually that's nap time for these guys on game day. Yeah. Uh, when they have a seven o'clock game, but we're 35 games in now uh, into this season. And, you know, we're approaching that midway point, but if you're looking for kind of the biggest storyline of the first 35 games up until the Christmas break, I, I guess it it's a competition for me between Kevin Hayes and John Tortorella, and I'm not pitting them against each other towards, yeah. um, but, or the play of Carter Hart, I would assume, but Travis connecting has got to be right there as well. I was, I, I would say that the, Konechny's play is is uh, it's, it's been so consistently good. Yeah, and that, that doesn't mean there are no mistakes. There's there's ever you know there's never a down game or whatever. But just just how productive he's been. The, the situations where he's stepped up. Um, now now he's killing penalties. All the all of a sudden heading into the break, the uh, Flyers PK is an actual scoring threat um, between between Lawton and uh, Konechny and their chemistry together. You know it's something something that other teams have to be aware of, and it's been. A number of years. It, it's been since the Mike Richards days, really. Yeah. Since the players have a have a PK that that's a, a bona fide threat to score, and it's something that other teams have to have in their mind if they they try, you know, the uh, the D to D pass or or a, a diagonal pass. All of a sudden, I might get intercepted and go the other way on them, and that gets in their head a little bit, and that's uh, that, that's a big big boon over the long term to the penalty because you, you you can you know, you you have the ability to score some shorthanded goals or even just create some shorthanded chances. So that that's a developing story, kind of a re, semi-recent development, but that's something I think bears a lot of watching as you get into the second half. And the other story I would say that's developing is some of the young guys are starting to take a bigger bite of the team and, and yeah. um, have played well going into the break. Now those players have to, you know, continue what they were doing. Um, it, 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 you hit the reset button. It's a pretty long break in the schedule. So, you know, you, it, it, you're not just picking up where you left off. You have to 
you know, you have to get it. It's a, I guess it's a reset for the guys uh, who are not, who, who have been struggling with the Kevin Hayes, right. Who, who are not going to the break where, where they want to be. It's an opportunity for them to hit reset and get back on track. But for the guys who've been hot going in the, um, the young guys, the frost, some of the veterans too, like JVR um, surged into the break. You know, those guys have to pick up where they left off. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's a lot of storylines to follow. And I guess one of the immediate ones, and we're not going to, we're not going to know uh, really until the team convenes back for practice. What's Carter Hart's situation? You know, where's his health at uh, after, yeah. after the collision the other night. So, you know, there, there's a lot of intrigue right now and, and uh, a lot to follow that, that's not related directly to wins and losses. Yeah. Uh, to, to kind of wrap up on the, the shorthanded element of it real quick. Uh, six shorthanded goals this year, tied for the league lead with Vegas and Minnesota. Um, I can honestly say I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but let's get to the heart play um, because, you know, Jarvis gets pushed into Carter by Rasmus Ristolainen. And, you know, it's not it's not done intentionally by Ristolainen. He's trying to clear a guy. I think you do need to be a little bit more cognizant of clearing him toward your goaltender. But Hart, as that east-west pass takes place, goes to move from his left to his right. And he catches kind of a helmet to helmet in the side of the mask. And as you know, Bill, the mask is not designed to handle contact in that way. It's designed in a way to kind of release the energy of a puck to the mask. And Carter did not look great after the collision. First, did you think that So some people were saying, and I got a lot of tweets about this and DMs, that it looked like Jarvis accentuated his lunge into heart. I don't agree with that because how you're going to react when you're push on skates is not how, how you react when you're on concrete on sneakers. Um, and I don't think that's something that a player looks to do, but what did you think of the collision first and foremost? No, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Russell has to be more cognizant of, of what he's doing. Um, I, I clearly accidental. From Jarvis's point of view, I mean, listen, go, going helmet to helmet can be just as bad for the other guy too. So, yeah. you know, so that I, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't think there was remotely any intent involved in there. Uh, what's galling about the whole thing um, is that that ended up being the game-winning goal. Yeah, you know, Carter's down on the ice, and he took the loss he, because of that goal. He took, he took the loss because of it. Yeah, that that ended up that was the sixth goal, and the Flyers came back enough so that that he ended up being the losing goalie. So, you know, that that. Pretty pretty rough way to lose a game, um, you know. I, it's uh, it's the way you know. Nothing was going right that game until the third period, and that was just that was just the icing on the cake. And now you're hoping you're hoping in something serious where he on the other end of the break where he's going to miss significant time. You certainly hope not. He's been having such a good year, um, and then you and I have, have talked before about about goalie stats and limitations that 9-11 save percentage does not reflect which is which is an okay save percentage but that doesn't reflect how well carter hart has played yeah. season. it really doesn't so you can't evaluate him on just on raw numbers you have to have you know really dig in to see what he's dealt with and the way he's performed in a situation where you know a lot of times he doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of run support but to go back to your earlier point bill you know, speaking of run support, a little bit of run support has taken place for the team a little bit of late. Certainly much better, 16 goals in their last four four games. And the, the point of it being that, you know, the guys that are ending up on the score sheet for the most part are all 25 and under. We're at that point in the season now where we go, okay, 
every should everybody should for the most part understand intricacies and the expectations of this head coach and what everybody's trying to do to get on the same page. I guess the best part and the most optimistic part is the fact that it is under 25 year old players that are really delivering those numbers. Look, you'll take goals from guys that are north of 30, but you, when you're setting for the future, as this team is this season, getting them from players under 25 is really what you want to find out. For sure. I mean, when, when they're trying to build that standard identity, whatever, whatever word you want to use, I know, I know Torts likes the word standard. Um, that the, these are the guys you really need to evaluate. Um, you know, I mean, chances chances are they come the trade deadline. Uh, James Redreeves like will be somewhere else, and that's uh, you know that that's just part of the process here. Those you know he's he's been a big help to Morgan Frost. He's been been a help to Owen Tippett of late. Those guys have to continue flying on their own with whoever may eventually be with them. Not that that line's necessarily going to stay together all for that duration, but those guys have to keep up what they've been doing, right? And um, uh, Cam York has to continue taking a bigger bite of the apple. Um, you know, and, and these are the guys you really want to – these are the guys you really need to look to. Who, who are going to be the guys who are going to be part of a long-term solution here? And it has to be – it has to be younger players. Yeah. So um, that, those are definitely the guys, you know, you, they need to look at. And also, you know, an, another guy I would put into that mix, um, long-term, I mean – everybody's happy with the way that Noah Cates has played defensively. I don't think anybody would complain about how smart he is away from the puck. You know, flip side, he's now 19 games removed from his last goal. I think he has four assists in, in that span, maybe maybe five, six. Um, but, you know, it, 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 as good as Noah Cates is, you know, he's not the next the next coming of, of Bob Gainey. They, he, you're going to need some offense out of him, too. He's, he's, he's one of those guys who, moving forward here, you know, he's continuing to adjust to playing center in the NHL. He's, he's seen first-line minutes a lot of nights. He's seen power play PP one time. I, he's definitely part of the solution. The question is, is is he a part of the solution as a, as a top-nine guy or is he a fourth-line guy long-term? Mm-hmm. And, and I think he I think he can be one of those guys in a little bit bigger role and, and can he's shown potential to be a guy who can score on top of it. So that, that's, that's a guy I'm looking for, too, to see, you know, can he um, – can he put some production up along with a solid defensive play? There, you, there's really you can you can go up and down the lineup. There's a lot of players, pretty much everybody in the team who has something to prove to be to be part of this for the long haul. Um, I think Kinecki has already basically shown that that he's part of the long term solution here, but um, you know, but it's still more than half a season to go too. So yeah, there's still a lot of runway left, and yeah. as we sit here on this day of taping, Bill. You know, Brian Smith had coined the phrase in a, in a post-game show that come the trade deadline on March 3rd, that the team will be in a much better position of clarity. That is 67 days from now. So when you look at, I have it in my countdown app as position of clarity, but, you know, we're 35 games in. This uh, season began back on October 13th. So uh, we're, you know, a few months into this thing. And still 67 days go until that trade deadline and a position of clarity. Do you expect over this this period of time from now until the deadline, um, even more of an acceleration of us getting educated, if you will, on finding out who's who and what's up, what's what? I mean, in the beginning here, there was, I mean, the, the lines have been in a blender more often than not. 
and there was a lot of, you know, very yin and yang play. But now, do we expect maybe to get even more information as things have kind of settled here? I, I do. I, I really think that that is the focus now. Yeah. Um, you know, you coming into the, coming into this West Coast trip. I mean, I Flyers have a real shot of winning two out of three on this trip because you know, but. Whether whether they win two out of three or lose two out of three or whatever whatever it's not changing the big picture and I and I think it is the ongoing evaluation of because what they're looking for is not just a hot stretch here or there or a big game here or there they, they there's an element of consistency that you want to see you know there they're going to be there's going to be some fluctuation in in puck luck and points right but but you want to see the, the the elements that that you need to see. Um, and the guys that you want to see again taking a bigger bite out of it, the Yorks and, and the uh, you know the Frosts and the you know and the Tippets and those guys, really, you know those those are the guys who really are under the microscope here. Obviously, they have, they have the goaltending piece. You want to find can, can you find can you find your second goalie in house? Um, you know I, I I mean Sam Erson, I don't think that one game sample size. It's never never fair to judge on one game sample size anyway, but I mean he was not given a chance in that game. That was really, really unfair for any goaltender because you know, if, if you look at the five goals he gave up, I would say four of them he had no chance on. And one of them was a really tough save. I mean, maybe was it saveable? I'm I'm talking about the Svechnikov goal. Yep. I mean, I mean that 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 shot had a lot of juice on it. He released it in, in a flash. Not not an easy save by any means, but maybe it's maybe maybe a stoppable one. All the other ones were crazy deflections and, you know, yeah, I don't think the first two, he, he still hasn't seen them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, I mean, one of them, he, you know, he clearly never saw, right. And the first one was a, he swatted the puck out of the air and it, and it bounced into the net. I mean, that was, you know, almost like a bun off of a bat that takes yeah. two hops, and, you know, stays, stays there. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that was, that was a fair, that was a fair game to judge by, but you want to you want to have a sense of is Sandstrom, you know, is Sandstrom your number two? He's going to need a little bit of work anyway, and uh, uh, you know, and and I think that's something you, know, you want to see. I don't think you're still you're still not going to see a 50-50 split once Carter Hart is. Would you just like to see a lighter him. workload for Carter, wouldn't you, and see a little well, more for the backup? That's what I was going to say. That I, I don't yeah. think I don't think you're going to see him starting you know seven in a row again, for example. Yeah. I, I think you're going to make the workload a, a little bit more equitable. And that that's one of the things you want to evaluate. Um, you know, you have to evaluate also. Uh, I mean, things things such as things such as the power play process, because there have been occasional signs that looks better, and then then it goes back in the tank again. And you know, whether whether you start whether you're scoring more or not, that that has to has to get better. It's as part of the long term solution. And I think you know, I think you're. Coaching staff is going to be in place for a while, and I, I want to see I want to see improvement. Um, and not just not you know on the, the flip side of it, not just on the shorthanded goals, but I want to see the penalty killing percentage, um, yeah, increase over over the rest of the season too. It started out in a pretty good place through the first twelve games, or over eighty percent through twelve games, and then it just you know, and then the bottom dropped down, and it, it's never really recovered over any kind of long haul. So. Those are all things you want to see at least trending the right way, whether you're whether whether you're picking up more wins or not. I, I think it's really really all about the, the elements that it takes to compete and, and in the long term to win, um, and, and the players who have to be the the backbone of that. And I, I really think that's what the rest of the season is all about. 
World Juniors begins tonight, Bill, and uh, we got to see Cutter Gauthier in some of the preliminary games and uh, playing on that top line with Logan Cooley and playing on the wing, uh, but uh, and top power play unit as well, notched a couple of points. What have you seen out of Cutter so far in the, uh, in the preliminary playing games? A very high degree of confidence. Yep. Um, very, yeah, very big and strong, hard to knock off the puck, uh, you know, has, has a big shot. Uh, I think I think the Flyers brass could script it. They'd like him at center, but um, you know makes makes sense to play him on wing, up in the top of the lineup. If he played at center, he played played down a line or two. Um, I, I I've seen a little bit of him at BC. Um, you know, been able to catch a couple of their games, and the level he has he has a high degree of maturity and, and a really a higher hockey sense than than I than I thought he had. Um, Coming into this year, he, he might he might be a guy who very well might be able to to play pro next season if that's what he chooses to do. Yeah. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think regardless of what he does in the World Juniors this year, I don't think he's gonna gonna he's gonna step right in the NHL and dominate right away. I think I think there's gonna be a process. It's gonna take a little bit of time, but I, I definitely it, it's hard not to envision him as an NHL player. Um, you know, the long term. Is he better off at center or wing? That that's really that's really the bigger question that I have. Um, yeah, yeah, and and he can play center. You know, you have guys who are, you have shoot first centers, and and it's not that it can't work. Look at Jeff Carter, for example. Um, you know that that was the identity he he first forged at the NHL was was a was a scoring shoot first kind of center. So it can work as long as you have the right playmakers around you. Um, I think he can handle the defensive responsibilities over time. Um, he he certainly isn't a liability at the collegiate level, but you know, every time you step up a level, the challenge increases, but he's, he's definitely a player that's very much worth watching. Um, you know, the, the guy who I've always seen a little bit of in him is Max Pacioretty. I really think he can be a similar kind of a player. And Pacioretty's a guy who had a pretty significant impact for a lot of his career. I know he's been injured a lot the last couple of years and he's an older player now. He's put up a ton of 30 goal seasons. <laughs> Well, exactly. And I think Gautier might be that guy who just rattles those off year after year after year. He, yep. might, he, might, he might never be that 45, 50 goal guy, but he's a guy who every year, I think, as he matures, will just, he'll just churn out 30, you know, 30 goal kind of seasons. And, and I think that's what Flyers fans have to look forward to. There's a little bit of bite to his game, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, he's not going to go in and, and crush guys, but he doesn't back down from anybody either. And, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing that there's only two Flyers prospects in the tournament this year. I uh, just just how it worked out, and and um, you know, and Brian Zanetti, and, and uh, no no offense to him, and this and he played he played the last one back in August, but really all eyes here are on Cutter Gauthier. So you're not you're not dividing your attention between yeah. between four different games. So um, I, I think I think uh, Flyers fans will get a pretty good idea about what Gauthier is all about at this point in his career over the next. I, I watch him, Bill, and sometimes a bigger guy. You know, you look at the way they move on the ice and you go, that guy looks like he's pulling a parachute or yeah. the opposite of that. He looks like a guy that's got wind pushing him forward. And he looks like a player that's got forward momentum to me in the way he plays. He doesn't look like he's dragging air. He looks like he's being pushed, which yeah. is a good sign. Because some of those big players, you know, when they first – you know, they're trying to assimilate to their big frame. It looks like they're they're pulling. They have drag. He doesn't look like he has drag the way he skates. 
No, and and he's a guy who um that's a weird you know, anomaly, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 and I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes when a big guy gets the top speed, he looks he looks fine, but it takes takes him several yeah. strides to get there. Uh-huh. He, he's, actually, he's actually got some explosiveness to him. Yeah. And as he continues to, to add a little bit more strength, I think even even more so. But uh, you know, I've I've seen a couple times this season where he will fend off a defender, take a hit, and uh, you know the guy will bounce off him, and then he'll just not even skip a beat and uh, two steps you know, and move. gone. Yeah, yeah, and, and he can play with some pace. So that's mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that that's all good stuff, and and all stuff that you really can't teach. You can either either you either do it or you can't. Yeah, to me, it it's like he's a big frame that gets off the line like a smaller guy yeah. and maybe maybe that's kind of what i'm saying but um that's the parallel that uh, for some reason I, I i feel like he doesn't skate with a lot of drag <laughs> but uh i digress so it'll be interesting it's gonna be an interesting tournament as well uh, with the world juniors and uh gonna be a, a fascinating one see if somebody can take out take down uh, canada they got another great team again as usual uh, team USA might be get be able to get them. It's going to likely come down to goaltending for both those teams. Big question marks uh, in those areas for both as well. Uh, Bill, thanks for doing this on Christmas, and I hope everybody had a great holiday. And we'll be back tomorrow as we count down to the Flyers and San Jose Sharks on Thursday. Rebuild stuff. PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com as well. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers game. Well,